Good evening, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of Drunk Agile. As always with me is my partner in crime, Lake Singh. Lake Singh. My name is Daniel Vacanti. Um, we, start, we start off every night with the, with the usual festivities. Pratik, would you like to lead us off? What, uh, what are you enjoying tonight? So I'm back to the Arkantashan, Oloroso Cast. This is the one that you bottle yourself, 59.9%. Yeah, clearly, clearly the virus is affecting us, and we'll have to do multiple repeats here. Yeah, I am, I am, I am going to be kind of doing the uh, the walk of shame myself a little bit tonight. This is, I don't know if I'm I'm happy about this or 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 not. But by the way, you can leave in the comments what a good friend I am to Pratik. I, you know, I bottled that myself. I flew it all the way from Scotland, and I gave it to him. And what does he give yeah, me? His proof of it. He has the UK stamp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What I have tonight, like I said, this is this is my walk of shame. What I have tonight is actually a blend. It's a twenty-year-old blend. I know, I know, I know, I know. But this is the stuff, as you can see. This is the stuff that I normally do my marinades with, um, <laughs> and I don't have quite enough enough left to do another marinade. So I figured, you know, what the heck? Because because we're in the age of of coronavirus, COVID nineteen, and because we can't replenish our stocks. What the heck? Let's just might as well. Yeah. Actually, I'm just gonna kill it. Gonna kill it. Oh, this is gonna be a good one. This is, yeah, this is gonna be a good talk tonight. <laughs> I should probably should use that one for Monte Carlo or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. So this is only 46 percent. So I should be okay. Um. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. Um. Tonight. Uh, tonight again, assuming that we are doing these in order, who knows what order we're gonna publish these these things in? Uh, but tonight we thought we'd we'd take maybe just a I was going to say a little step back, but I think we're going to take actually a very big step back. Oh, yeah. uh, and we're going to go all the way, it's, it's huge, everybody says so. Um, and we're going to go all the way back, all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of Kanban anyway. Um, and kind of talk about the basics and fundamentals, to kind of talk about our, our philosophy, you know, and, you know, that we use as we approach um, either implementing Kanban ourselves or coaching other teams to implement Kanban, you know, or, or whatever. Because I think a lot of the discussions, probably a lot of the future discussions that we will have, and actually a lot of discussions we've had in the past, are really based on this 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 fundamental philosophy. You know, a lot. I think over the years, Kanban has been made um, been made to be much more complicated than it needs to be. Um, and as we were talking, you know, right before we started this call, so many people, so many people have conflated Kanban method, the Kanban method, and Kanban. And I don't want to talk about Kanban method because I don't want to give that any press, right? Because it's just, well, I was going to say that that's for over drinks. I guess we are doing drinks. <laughs> um, but we just, just, just to be, just to be clear, when we talk tonight, we're talking, we're talking more pure Kanban, whatever that is. We are not talking something known as, as the, the Kanban method. So I don't know, Pratik, do you want to, do you have anything to say to kind of introduce when, when we talk about the fundamentals of what Kanban is, what, what comes to mind? What are you thinking? Well, it's it's kind of funny because when when we say and I, I I know I know you've already said this three times already right, that <laughs> Kanban and Kanban method are two very different things. That's that's we're talking Kanban, which is which is much much simpler than than what's commonly taught. And and whenever anyone thinks Kanban, the first thing that usually comes to people's mind is this board with stickies on it. And then while that's a facet of Kanban, that, that, that's probably the beginning point of Kanban, but 
there there's a little more to it, not a lot more to it, but there is a little more to it that that we will talk about today. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, I, I I like to say this, and it is a bit provocative, but I'll I'll say it anyway. Um, I think you know Kanban, as it is unfortunately commonly understood now, is is really a perversion um, of of what it was meant to be, and I really use I really do mean you know, perversion in its, its most fundamental sense. Um, you know, back, back when we first started doing Kanban at Corbis in 2006, 2007, um, and what it is now, um, in, my, in my eyes anyway, are just really kind of unrecognizable. Uh, so so let, let's, let's, let's talk a, a, a little bit about that. What do, when we say kind of pure Kanban, uh, what, what, what do we mean? So, you know, Pratik, you've been, you've been doing agile training and coaching now for, mm -hmm what, six, seven, eight, yeah. whatever years it is now. Um, what, what's your philosophy? What, where do you start? What do you do? How do you think? What, what, get us going here. For me, what, first thing I want to figure out is what's the, what's our current process? How do we, how does a bill become a law, right? How, how, how do we, how do we take something that is a request or whatever and work it through our things and produce something out of it? Um, let's, let's first figure out what that is. Then, and, and I'm probably gonna give away the punchline here, but figure out what that is. Uh, step two, let's, let's actually actively manage that thing as, as and operate it. And then finally, based on the things that are coming out of actively managing it, all the data and everything we're collecting, let's improve that. So yeah. let's, let's build this thing out, manage it and improve it. To me, at the base level, that is what, um, that is what operating a successful process is. And I agree, it really is those, those, those three fundamental steps. And kind of in the interest of, a further interest of full disclosure, um, this was this week it'll either be this week or next week so we're, we are late mid to late and we're mid-july to uh, mid -July. 2020 15th. so yeah. <laughs> um we have just we just published a a community of um participant uh, common part uh, <laughs> of common practitioners let's just call them common practitioners got together um and we we've written and published a, a kanban guide um, and it's out there on kanbanguides.org. So if you just go to kanbanguides, all one word, kanbanguides.org, uh, you can see the latest version of what we're calling the Kanban Guide. And in that guide is exactly what Pratik just mentioned, right? There, there are just three fundamental practices, if you will, three fundamental steps to doing Kanban. You have to, you have to, define, you have to define your workflow, you have to actively manage items in that workflow, and you have to improve that workflow. If you're doing those three things, you're doing Kanban, doesn't matter. I mean, yes, you can layer other stuff on top of it. You know, you can work with Scrum, you can work with Safe, you can, you can do all these other things that you want to, but as long as you're doing those three fundamental things, um, you, you know, you're doing Kanban. So for the purposes of this call though, we're not gonna talk about all of those all at once. We'll obviously stretch this out over separate, several episodes. Uh, but for the purposes of this talk, we'll, we'll, we'll start with that first thing. You know, what, what does it mean really to, uh, to, to define your workflow? And, you know, this is to, to clear up one, what, what I would argue is a myth, misconception about Kanban. Pratik, would you say that in defining that workflow that you absolutely have to start with where you are now? I mean, is that, that's, that's how you start. When you, when, whenever you're defining that process that you were talking about before, 
Yeah. So you just have to start with where you're working are right now, right? Is, is, isn't that what you do? So absolutely not. But at the same time, you have to start with understanding where you are. You don't have to start with the, so I think people conflate the two things. Just because you're supposed to understand where you are, doesn't mean you have to start with exactly what you do. Essentially understand all the steps in your process doesn't mean that your process has to be exactly where, where it is right now. Yeah. I think that those two things have conflated quite a bit. Yeah, and so, so kind of talk through, because we were talking about this before, you and I, we've done several trainings, yeah. you know, co-trainings over the year, years. Uh, um, when we work with teams, I mean, what's, what's kind of been your, your preferred approach to, to getting them up and running with Kanban? What, you know, how, how do you yeah, do this is, I think, yeah, actually, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny you, you mentioned that. We've, 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 I think we did this, I think, about 30 times. Yeah, 30, <laughs> maybe, maybe more. Times. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah we, we would do the tra so we would do a standard Kanban training, kind of get people familiar with the terms, what what we're looking for, play the penny game, get them understand understanding whip and all that stuff. But once they've understood that stuff, literally, and and like that whiteboard back there, we'll literally take a blank whiteboard and start writing down all the things that happen to a work item, like someone's written requirements. We have done a kickoff so that everyone involved understands the requirements. We have uh, written code. We have tested the code. We have written unit tests. We have written automation for testing. We it has run through our CI. It has been merged into the trunk. It has been delivered to the customer. Whatever happens to the work item, we, use, we, were, we would take the team and just write it all down. Did, gather the team around the whiteboard and just write down everything that happens to the item usually once we have all that, and that is where, that's what I, what I meant by saying, um, you need to know where you are. You don't need to start where you are, but that, that putting everything down on the whiteboard is understanding where you are right now. What are the things we do right now? Then we say, okay, in, in your ideal system, in, in this, the system that suits, as we understand things right now, suits this team the best, what are the steps in the workflow and which of these individual items that we just wrote down fall into each step? What is the exit criteria that they form? So the team might say, we have three steps. We have coding, we have uh, analyzing, coding, testing. Uh, we'll, we'll essentially take those 20 things that they came up with, that the list from the whiteboard and say, okay, where does this one go? Where does this one go? And they'll, they'll put that out there what they might end up with might look completely different from what they do right now. Yep. Might look absolutely alien to someone who missed the training and walked in. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that's a very, very important point to emphasize, I think, because as we're leading them through that, that exercise, and a lot, of you, a lot of you people out there might recognize, it's a very, very, very crude value stream mapping exercise. I don't want to call it value stream mapping because it it's absolutely, isn't, it absolutely <laughs> is not value stream mapping, but it's kind of a second cousin to value stream it's mapping. like a backwards value yeah stream. yeah okay. <laughs> um yeah well, this is i was gonna say something about west virginia but then i figured we probably shouldn't probably shouldn't say that um with all respect to west virginians but uh, but in, in terms of setting context for for our listeners when we start that exercise it, we, we make it very clear it's like Forget about what you're. Forget about what you're doing mm -hmm. in Jira right now, because you have to imagine these, these are these are fairly mature teams. They're they're teams that have been that have existed for years, if not decades. Um, right. their people have been working in this in this context for for many many years. You know, they've been through Scrum training. 
they're using, they've been using Jira for years or whatever. So they're, they're, you know, it's not like they're agile newbies, right? They, they know what they're doing. And we actually sit them down and we say, okay, forget about how Jira is used right now. Forget about how some random person in the past told you you should be working. As a team, let's get together and let's decide what is our working agreement as a group? Right? Everybody has a say in this thing. As a group, how do we want to work? Right? And, let, and, let's, and let's literally build that from scratch. Take, a, take a, a, a blank whiteboard, like you said, take a blank whiteboard and let's build it from scratch. Everybody has a say and what comes out is something that everybody can get behind. Yeah, there, there, there literally have been a couple of teams where we've done this and they, like all the things that, that I was listing out, you know, writing requirements, reviewing requirements, kicking off story, writing code, they have literally create, had, before coming to training, had columns for each of those mm -hmm. steps or each of those mini steps. And walking out of the training, they went out with a board that had a total of four columns. Because each of those things became essentially exit criteria for each of those columns. It's, it's because the misnomer for me is start where you are. It's not start where you are. It's understand where you are and then figure out where to start. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, what's, what's potentially challenging but ultimately rewarding from this is more, most of, more often than not, we come up with the design because, and, and again, all, all these teams are probably using a tool like Jira, right? But more often than not, we'll come up with a design that Jira just can't handle, right? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. due to the limitations of how Jira does things, you know, how, how you can set, set up columns, how you can set up work in progress summits, you know, whatever. Due to the limitations of Jira, the, the design that we come up with doesn't necessarily match Jira. And so this, there is, there is an additional step, there is additional overhead of mm. kind of mapping that process to JIRA. But um, like I said, it's, it's really kind of, kind of well worth it because what people understand now is more, you know, how do we want to work? Independent of what JIRA says we can do. You know, what, what Steve Reed, our, our uh, enabler, <laughs> I guess. It, uh, <laughs> First, I don't know. First, I don't first know one's on me. He wants that. Uh, maybe he doesn't. Want that. <laughs> I don't know if he but, wants that credit. See, Steve Reed is a, a long, long-time supporter of the Kanban community, going back to the very beginning, 2009. I mean, the very first conference that was ever put on was because of um, of Steve Reed, and most of the most of the Kanban conferences after that were, were because of, of of the diligence of Steve Reed. Anyway, one of one of the things that Steve Reed loves to say is, you know, you're only limited by your imagination. When you're thinking about how to visualize your work, how, how a team wants to work, you're only limited by your imagination. Um, unfortunately, once you start to put that into JIRA, then you're limited by JIRA. <laughs> then you're limited by JIRA. <laughs> yeah, but that's, but that's okay, you know, because like I said, the team, the team now ha has a fundamental understanding. And I don't know if you want to talk about um, you, what the, the specific team that you ran, you didn't allow yourself to be handcuffed by JIRA. Can you, can you talk yeah, about yeah, how I you mean, handled it? We, we, we had... We had uh, Jira was our tracking system, so we still track things through Jira. But for for me, the Jira was too limiting with the things I wanted to do. So I still ran a physical board. We 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 um, the team the, our team still used a physical board every day for stand up. We limited our whip using a physical board. We visualized everything using a physical board. We had a copy of that physical board in Jira, but. Uh, we ran using the physical board. Jira was more to make sure that, you know, it took five seconds to sync the two boards. 
was to make sure that we could get metrics out of it. But at the end of the day, each person on the team, when the question was, what do I pick up next? We looked at the physical board. Or I just got done with that thing. We moved, went and moved the card on the physical board. And there, there, there is, and we literally had our policies stuck up on the physical board, all that exit criteria we just talked about. So with that, the, the result of that exercise, when you come up with this board, as we said, you can visualize it, whether you want to do it physically or on in JIRA or, or Rally or whichever system you use. The, 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 probably the more important result is each person on the team now understands what our workflow is has, has, and has, is bought into it and understands our policies that are, that are used in that workflow um, explicitly. We understand it in, in the same manner, hopefully. Right. But so we, we, and just to clarify, because you, you, you've mentioned a couple of things that kind of go into that visualization, but I, I want to make sure that pe people really understand what we're talking about. You, know, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned exit criteria. We've talked a little bit about limiting work in progress. So, I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what exit criteria are? Can you talk about maybe some other things that go into the visualization other than exit criteria yeah, and limiting work so, okay. so the exit criteria for the way, the way we usually define it is say, let's say your board has three columns, analysis, coding, testing, and then everything is done. Um, exit criteria is, is for, for, for example, for, for coding would be, Things like things that ha need to happen in that coding column before a ticket can move forward. So things like, I've actually written the code. I've checked the code in. Come my, to bed. <laughs> my, my CI is green. I have written unit tests that cover that code. Um, someone else has come in and, and, and reviewed the code to make sure this is not going to blow everything up down the road. If all those things have happened, then I know that I can actually move this card forward into testing and and, and, and it can be pulled well, given that there is a whip available to pull it in testing. But those explicit criteria, those explicit uh, items that need to get taken care of before we can move something forward is exit criteria. Um, there, there are people also like to define entry criteria. I, I sometimes find that to be a little superfluous. I think exit, exit is enough. <laughs> um, but as long as we know all the things that need to happen before something can move forward, um, that is exactly the one. The one thing that I I would love to mention about exit criteria is its exit criteria. It doesn't mean that an exit criteria of a downstream column cannot start being satisfied already. The, it's exit criteria. Um, limiting whip. We've talked a bunch about it um, on a physical board. We would literally have a sticky that we would stick on top of the board and write the number on it. That's that's another beautiful thing with a with a physical board is you can stand in front of it and go you know that number looks really high <laughs> let's just take that sticky off off and put another one on uh, it's it's really easy to get the team around it the other really cool thing which um, Jira does not let us do and and we were able to do on the board was um, having multiple assignees on the same ticket or multiple people working on the same ticket. Um, we used to have av avatars for every person on, on the team. Someone joined the team, they had to come up with an avatar. And if they did not, then one was assigned to them. And so you, you, that was you the only time it was okay it. to assign something to somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> the avatar, yeah. right? 
So, um, and, and literally we, would, we, we had those uh, stuck on to, to, to the tickets that people were working on. Just, you could have up to four, five, whatever number of people on the same ticket um, because people were swarming on things or pairing on things. Um, Jira does not make it that easy to do that. Yep. Yep. Uh, many tools don't. Uh, and there, I mean, and there, there are a whole bunch of other things you need to take into consideration. Um, you know, policies around blockers. We spend a, we spend a good amount of time right. in, our, in our trainings talking about, you know, what does it even mean for something to be blocked? And then once it does get blocked, how is our system going to handle it? Again, that's something that the team needs to get together and, and decide how we want to handle blockers. Um, you know, there's, there's things like uh, service level expectation. How long yep. should it be? Should it take items to get through the process? And what do we do if it looks like something's taking too long? Um, you know, all, there's just so many dimensions to, in the Kanban guide, what we're calling your definition of workflow and how you visualize your, you, you know, your workflow. Far, far too many things to go in, you know, on this, this particular chat right now. But, but it's, it's making those basic fundamental decisions, again, we can't stress this enough, again, as a team, you know, was our team shared understanding of how we're, how we're going to do this? Um, that is just so, 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 so crucially important. Um, yeah, that's, and I think, I think the point that I want to repeat there is defining your workflow does not just means, mean defining the steps in your workflow. It also means the, defining the rules that, that we play our game by, the rules right. around that workflow, the whip limits you talked about, the, the, the blocker policies, the SLE, the, how long do we expect things to take? Yep. Um, that, yeah. that, that's going to be hugely important. I am sure at some points down the line, we are going to be talking about variability, variation of variability, especially Deming. Um, and I forget the, I think he changed the percentage over time, but you know, Deming, Deming used to say with 90%, 95%, 90, whatever percent of the variability in the process, a uh, variability that you see is actually because of the process. It's not, it's not due to, you know, a poor performing individual necessarily. It's, it's, it's the system. Right? It's the system, stupid. Um, that's, that's, that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck for, um, for, for understanding variability. And that's why it's so important, as you were saying, to understand what are those rules, because most of the variability we suffer from are self, uh, is self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. right? There's stupid rules that we have in terms of, like you said, maybe superfluous reviews or um, you know, uh, overly onerous code review process or yeah. sign-offs from, from people who don't need to sign. expedite process. Or expedites, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you went there. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I'm glad you went there. But, I mean, yeah, most, most of that variability. And, but it comes down to that fundamental understanding of how we want to work. Because if the team has that understanding, now we've at least got a shot of, at controlling that variability. Right? If we don't understand that stuff, then forget it, right? But at least now, now we've got a shot. Doesn't guarantee it, but at least now, now we got a shot, shot at it. So, um, I don't know. I, I, is there is there anything else? Because uh, we're we're kind of starting to border on on, on the, the second part of it. Yeah, the second part of it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Is there is there anything else that we need to cover for? Uh, yeah, for defining. Day? Yeah, but uh, that's. I, I don't think there is much. It's 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 essentially yeah. Essentially, those two parts, right? Actually, what are the steps and what are the rules? that we have around the steps that we follow to get something done. And I, I, know, I know you don't like it as much when I say this, but you know, to do doing done is probably absolutely apt for, for what, 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 what your workflow is. And in my opinion, is probably the perfect workflow for everybody. 
But again, you need to know all the rules around doing it. The, those rules are probably even more, the rules for your workflow are probably even more important than the steps in your workflow. Yep. Uh, and for the record, I don't necessarily disagree with to do, doing and done. <laughs> um, I, but I think, believe it or not, most people would think a to do, doing and done, a very simple, a simple workflow is for an immature team. I would argue to do, doing and done is actually for a very mature team who yeah, really it's, understands it's, what, what they're doing. That's when you can get away with like to do. If, if, if you really want, your, want to challenge your team to, to, to move up in maturity, I just slap a to do, doing, done workflow on it. That might be a good candidate for, um, for a, fu a future talk is um, what are some guidelines in terms of visual visualizing, you know, like, you know, when do we use to do doing and done? When, when do we have buffer columns? When do we have sub columns? When do we use swim lanes and things like that? I don't know if mm -hmm. anybody's really interested in any of that stuff, but I'm sure we could probably fill a talk on, on uh, our philosophy yeah. with that, probably. That would be a good one. <laughs> okay. Well, again, we should probably <laughs> capture it on the magic whiteboard, which whenever we write something down, we always lose what we've written down. It gets so erased. I don't know about. how. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I so I don't know. Is, I was going to say, is Nisha still Oh, there's Nisha. Yeah. She's, the star of the yeah, show. She's, she's, she's decided that she's taking a nap in a different position today. It's too damn loud. Um, okay. Well, so as is customary, I will, I will give you the last word. Is there anything you'd like to say to kind of, kind of wrap things up? Yeah, no, nothing we haven't said before. Um, uh, just it's 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 about understanding where you are and then deciding where you want to go, and 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 making that making that explicit visible, and um, so that the entire team understands what our workflow is and how we operate it. Yep, that's, that's step one. Okay, so I lied. I'll I'll, I'll take the last word then. Um, <laughs> I think I do this every time. I think I do. Yeah, we know. Um, the, the, to me, the emphasis of, of this show is, uh, or this particular episode, is, is not, not only what you said, but don't necessarily get hung up on um, this, or you have to start, if you're doing Kanban, you have to start with where you are now. Every Kanban implementation that I've been a part of, going back to the very first one, We've never ever done the start with where you are now and evolve incrementally. It's just, it's just never. If you do that and that works for you, I think that's great. Continue to do it. I mean, who am I to say that that's not working for you? But what I, my, my message to, to most everybody else is don't feel like that's what you have to do. If you feel like starting with a blank whiteboard and kind of, kind of, you know, this, this radical change, because by the way, Limiting work in progress on a team that's never limited work in progress before is radical change. I don't care what anybody tells you. That's radical revolutionary change. That's not evolutionary. But if you feel that's what you need to do, then by all means do it. And don't worry about, well, God, is this what is this Kanban? Is this not Kanban? Who cares? If it works for you, do it um, and just go off and be awesome. So uh, with that, um, we will say... I'm, 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 I, have to, I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm struggling to get through my blend. I'm, I'm really struggling. You don't have anything to marinate? This is, yeah, I know. With, with this much, with like half an ounce of whiskey, yeah, go, go mar marinate like a crumb of, of chicken or something. I don't know. Um, I don't one know. strip a, of bacon. I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm going to pour this out, but man, really, 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 really struggling. Hopefully we'll get back to, um, to some something a, a bit more more pure. I guess it was a bit of a contradiction that we're talking about pure Kanban, but I'm using blended whiskey. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So with that, 
Um, hopefully regular whiskey next time. Uh, for, for my colleague, Pratik Singh, I am Daniel Vacanti. Thank you for joining us uh, for this edition of Drunk Agile, and we will see you in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Good night.